Chapter 9. Man, the forever incomplete being. A wise man, Reb Zusha, once said of himself, When you go up to heaven, you will not be asked why you were not Moses. You will be asked why you didn't become yourself. As humans, we are spiritually dynamic, something that cannot be said about any other creature. When it comes to spiritual growth, animals are completely static. While they can develop emotional relationships, acquire new skills, and mature both physically and intellectually, they cannot grow spiritually. The Hebrew word for animal, behemoth, reflects this reality. The word behemoth is made up of two words, ba, ma, which means in it there is what. The total reality or whatness of the animal is already inside the animal. It has no growth potential. Animals are incapable of having a moral vision or of pursuing a spiritual trajectory. You will never find a lion sitting on a rock having an existential crisis about the meaning of life. From a spiritual point of view, animals are born complete. The same is true about angels. Although much more spiritual than animals, angels cannot grow spiritually. The prophet Zechariah contrasts the angels with man. Angels are creatures that stand while man walks. Angels praise God standing with their feet together in a position of no movement and no growth because that is what they were created to do. In a way, angels and animals are actually very similar. Angels see God so clearly that they have no option but to cleave to God. Animals are so moved by their instinct that they are pre-programmed to do God's will. The former's intelligence and clarity are their instinct. The latter's instinct is their clarity and intelligence. But man is different. Man cannot find redemption by simply being. Man is called Adam, from the word Adama, which means ground. Just like the ground has to produce its potential by yielding its crops and fruits, so too man's very name reflects the idea that he starts out as all potential. To be human is to grow. Man needs to give birth to himself again and again. Adam, the potential being. We humans have an almost infinite soul. This means that we can be growing our entire lives, always discovering new aspects of ourselves. And if we could, we should. To be human is to sense the gulf between the is and the ought, between what we have already become and our as yet unfulfilled potential. We really should not be called us, calling ourselves human beings, but rather human becomings. At the end of creation, the Torah states, God saw everything that he had created, and it was very good. Tov Mo'od. A more accurate definition of Mo'od is more and more. The Hebrew letters of this word Mo'od are the same letters as Adam, man. The essence of being human is this ability to continuously fulfill our potential, to become more and more. Greatness is not an insider's club. There's no special club to become spiritually great. It is a system that is open equally to all. You don't have to have any degrees or be a rabbi or rabbitson. Illustrious lineage does not guarantee greatness. Moses dreamt that his sons would succeed him. 
but Joshua was greater and therefore took the reins of leadership. Over the last 2,000 years, the children of the greatest rabbis who became the greatest rabbis of the next generation were the exception rather than the rule. As the sages put it, a mumzer, a mumzer is born of his married mother's incestuous or adulterous relationship with another. A mumzer who becomes a wise man is greater than a high priest who remains ignorant. The crown of Torah is available to all. Anyone can learn Torah and become a wise person. Anyone who applies that Torah can become righteous. There are no favorites, elites, or hierarchy of access. And there's no age. There's no one who can say that they have missed the boat, that had they been younger, they would have considered embracing Judaism. Abraham was already a mature 75 years old when God told me to make a completely new beginning. Go from your land, from the place of your birth, from the house of your father, at an age that many of us are settling into retirement homes and touring Alaska, Abraham was just beginning the part of his life that the Torah writes about. As Warwick Schiller said, you can learn new things at any time in your life if you are willing to be a beginner. We know from the Midrashic literature that Abraham had been growing since he was three years old when he first started believing in God. We know that he had already actively confronted his idolatrous surroundings risking his life and yet it is as if God is telling him you are just beginning now you are ready to go until then the Torah only makes passing mention of Abraham the most dramatic moments of Abraham's life his circumcision his encounter with the angels and the near sacrifice of Isaac were way ahead of him God's words to Abraham are really lech lecha, go to yourself go discover yourself Raise yourself above your egocentricity and go toward your purpose. Stop thinking within the narrow confines of your birthplace. Go to your potential. Growing into greatness. To understand the Torah's vision for man, let's go back to Moses. Moses didn't just become the Moses we know. He had to work hard over a long period of time to get there. He started out by being called an Egyptian man and only much later was he called a man of God. Moses' growth began with him looking outward from Pharaoh's palace where he had been brought up and seeing the suffering of his enslaved brethren. He began to feel their pain. He would leave his privileged existence of the palace and help the Jews achieve their quota of work for the day. Moses was becoming an other-centered person. One day Moses saw an Egyptian overlord hitting a Jewish slave. Moses could bear it no longer. After determining that no future righteous person would come out of this Egyptian, he killed him. With this, Moses began not just helping but taking responsibility, the most important ingredient for any leader. The very next day he saw two Jews arguing. Now to save your fellow Jew from a hated Egyptian was one thing. But why get involved if two of your countrymen are arguing? The good side and the bad side are no longer obvious. Not only that, but the previous day Moses had committed a capital offense. One would have thought that Moses would lay low at least for a while. Moses, however, took the next step in his growth. Other people's problems were his problems, and so he intervened. Word had gotten out about his slaying of the Egyptian, and so Moses had to flee the country. 
He fled to a strange land, Midian. Despite being a destitute refugee, Moses intervened once again to prevent injustice. The male shepherds were chasing away the weaker female shepherds from the watering well. Moses had every reason to believe this was none of his business. He was a stranger to the land, and after all, he was in this foreign land because of his intervention in Egypt. But Moses could not look at injustice, even to strangers, and just turn the other way. He helped the female shepherds and went even further, watering their sheep himself. Then Moses took another step. He became a shepherd. Looking after sheep in a desert was a new level of care. Not one-time interventions, but the thankless task of 24-7 care. It was only after that that God appointed him to save his people at the burning bush. Greatness did not fall into his lap. It was a lifetime of work, and this was just the beginning. No one gets to do it all by himself. Moses changed the course of history, and in so doing, he seemed to transcend his own humanity. But the Torah stresses that for all his unfathomable greatness, he was not so much different than us. He struggled and sometimes failed. He achieved mind-boggling levels of spirituality, but ultimately died with still more to do. In the end, even the man who had brought God's Torah down to earth could not escape death. He desperately wanted to finish his mission by taking the Jewish people into Israel, but that was not to be. The Torah ends with Moses' death. Man is God's partner, but no one person will get to do it all. If that is sobering, it is also inspiring. We all get to play a part. We all really count. Moses made his contribution. You and I will make ours. God instructed that Moses' life be written for eternity. Not so that we would idolize him, but so that we would see what it looks like when one person follows God's plan for him. We must know that the purpose of the world requires something greater than any one of us. But we must also know that each one of us is, a vital, is vital for that plan. God whispers in our ear and we must strive for the sublime. <laughs>